Shalom. Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom everyone, this is Brother Gideon Levitam and I'm once again very grateful to the Lord uh, to be able to study together with you the 23rd chapter of the book of Leviticus. Uh, today in this session I would like to continue with the 23rd chapter but we are going to move from the spring to the fall, from the first month in the Hebrew calendar called the month of Nisan to the seventh month in the Hebrew calendar called the month of Tishrei. Now let me read you the verses that uh, we are going to discuss a little bit today. And this is Leviticus Vaikra in Hebrew, chapter 23, verse 23, 24, and 25. And we read, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Shabbat, a memorial of the blowing of trumpets, and holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire, unto the Lord. Well, this is so precious now because we have moved in our Bible study uh, on the 23rd chapter of Leviticus from the spring to the fall. Just to remind you that uh, God gave Israel, just look at the chart once again, God gave to Israel seven feasts. Pesach, Matzot, a first fruit which is Chagakatzir, weeks, Pentecost, and now in the fall, trumpets, atonement, and booth or Sukkot. Seven feasts in total. Each one of these feasts represent that which God has in mind for Israel, as we mentioned in the in the past, and also for all humanity. We learn from the 23rd chapter that God has a plan and a program for Israel and the nations of the world. And everything, beloved friend, is wrapped up and linked with the Mashiach, with the Messiah, with Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. That is important to see because in light of Tanakh, Old Testament, Brit Hadashah, New Covenant, you can see that together it really linked with one single person, namely the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Well, we saw that he came and he died fulfilling Pesach, and because he was sinless, he fulfilled Matzot, unleavened bread. After the Th three days and three nights he rose from among the dead on the first day of the week, first day of first fruits, 
And of course, the establishment of the assembly, the ecclesia, the church is seen in the feast of Shavuot Pentecost, when the high priest would bring two loaves of bread, which represent this, the Jew and the Gentile, which has leaven in them, and together they are presented before the God of Israel, and in typology, in a prophetical point of view, it represents the birth of the assembly, of the ecclesia. Then we read chapter 23 of Leviticus, verse 22, and we notice that the church age is already now for some 2,000 years long, when the Jewish people are scattered for some 2,000 years since the church was born. If you remember 70 AD, the Romans, headed up by Titus, destroyed Jerusalem, burned the temple of of the city of Jerusalem, the temple of the Lord, scattered the Jewish people around the world. And from there on, the Jewish people had, you might say, no home land for 2,000 years. Even the, the, the Jewish anthem, the Israeli anthem, Hatikva, the hope, speaks about the hope to be restored back to our own land. And indeed, you could see that it beginning to be uh, fulfilled where already since 1948, Israel became a state. And the hope, which is the tikva, is now beginning to come to its fruition. Even though not yet in a full sense of the word, but Israel, our people are waiting for the day where the time will come where there will be this wonderful restoration and Israel will finally be an established nation under God as God planned it for Israel. Wonderful hope. So now, beloved friend, now as we continue, and I uh, just read Leviticus chapter 23, verse 23, 24, and 25, which really speaks about the fall season, the Feast of Trumpets, in Hebrew, we call it Zikaron Tu'ah. It's a memorial of the blowing of the trumpet. And Israel is called now to have a memorial of the blowing of the shofar, the ram horn. And it will remind Israel of that which God is intending to have them be restored to. And it is no wonder. For the last uh, while, you can see how many of the Jewish people started to come back to the promised land, like my, our grandparents, who have came from Yemen and from, uh, from uh, um, uh, Thessalonica and elsewhere, came back to the promised land in order to be there in the land of Israel that was promised to our forefathers. How wonderful to see that. And indeed, the state of Israel has been established, but it's not yet the end because Israel is still in unbelief. Spiritually speaking, our own Jewish people are still not in that which God intend for them to be and to enjoy because there are many more Jewish people are scattered. The tribes of Israel are still scattered all over the world. The Jewish community is, is still it's uh, uh, all over the nations of the world waiting the day of final restoration. Well, 
on the first day of the seventh month, Israel is to blow the shofar, and it's called the a memorial of the blowing of the trumpets. Now, in biblical days, there was reasons why God gave to Israel the requirement to blow the shofar. We have the ram horn, but we also have the silver trumpets that Israel was to create and to build in order to be used among the people of Israel in the days of old. In Numbers chapter 10, there are more than one reason why the shofar, why the uh, uh, silver trumpets were to be blown. We read in Numbers chapter 10, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver, and a whole, of a whole piece shalt thou make them. The Dhammis used them, and notice what's the reason. Here's the reason that Israel was to use the, the trumpets. Number one, for the calling of the assembly, verse 2a. Number two, for joining of the camp, verse 2b. Number three, a for war. In verse 9, and number 4 is to remind God, to be remembered before God as the trumpets was blown. <clears throat> we read here in verse 10, And in the day of your gladness, and in the solemn days, and in the uh, beginning of your month, ye shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offering and over the sacrifices of your peace offering, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. So the trumpets were to be blown. In the case of the Feast of Trumpet, or the day of the memorial of the blowing of the trumpet, the trumpet was to be blown, which was really a ram horn. A ram horn looks, takes us back and reminds us of the Akedah, where Abraham was going to offer Isaac uh, on that altar on Mount Moriah, and instead of God allowing Abraham to offer Isaac on the altar, God did stop him, and he allowed him to look and to see a ram caught in a thicket, and he offered the ram instead of Isaac, his son. This is very interesting because the ram horn became that which will be was used uh, by the people of Israel over the generation. So this blowing of the trumpet feast that found in verse 24 and 25 of Leviticus 23 is very important because in the order of events, it shows us that this specific feast is a, a, a given to Israel in the order of all the seven feasts of the Lord to, you might say, symbolically and prophetically represent the regathering back of the people of Israel back to the promised land. The nation that was scattered, 
the nation that had been sent by God because of disobedience to all the nations of the world. Now God is intending to restore them back to himself. 2,000 years passed by since the Messiah came. 2,000 years passed by since the assembly was born. 2,000 years passed by and the vast majority of our people, Israel, the Jewish community, were scattered all over the world. And now there seems to be that awakening. And the awakening is that God somehow placed in the heart of so many Jewish people all over the world the need to go back home, to go back to the promised land, the land of Canaan, the land of Israel. Isaiah said in chapter 27, I'm going to read these verses, the last few verses of Isaiah chapter 27, to remind you that when Isaiah wrote his writing, his book, his prophetic message to Israel, some 700, 750 years before Yeshua the Messiah came and died and was buried and rose again. Isaiah was encouraging the Jewish people who were just about to be taken to Babel, some hundred or something years later. He's encouraging them with a promise that God will eventually will restore the people of Israel back to himself, back to the land. That it doesn't matter that wherever they're going to be going, wherever they're going to be scattered because of disobedience, yet God will one day in his program, in his time, according to his schedule, he will restore Israel back to himself and back to the promised land. And so look, Isaiah predicting this. Chapter 27, verse 12. And it shall come to pass in that day. He's taking us all the way to the tribulation time. To the end of the church, the assembly age. To the tribulation era. To the time of Jacob's trouble. And he says, in that day the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the rivers of the streams of Egypt. And he shall be gathered one by one, O ye children of Israel. So God is saying that from the channel of the river unto the stream of Egypt, he says, ye shall be gathered one by one, O ye children of Israel. Notice how specific God is. One by one, he will gather his people, Israel. All over the nations of the world, the Jewish people, the 12 tribes of Israel, the Hebrews are scattered. And yet God is promising that one by one he will gather his people back. Notice he's very specific. O ye children of Israel. He continued. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great trumpet shall be blown. And they shall come which were ready to perish. You know, as far as the world is concerned, and even as far as the Jewish people are concerned, it seems to be that God 
doesn't fulfill that which he had promised to our fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Where is a restored nation? Where is that one nation that will become a light to the Gentile, all Lagoyim? Where is the Mashiach that will restore one day the nation to himself? Well, God has promised here that he will restore Israel one by one back to himself. It shall come to pass in that day that a great trumpet shall be blown. Notice how interesting. In Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 24, God said to Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt, ye shall have a a memorial of the blowing of the trumpets. Zikaron toa, a memorial is to remember. Blowing of the shofar, blowing of the ram horn will remind you of who you belong to. The land that you belong to. And by the Spirit, God is intending to awaken the Jewish hearts, the Hebrews' hearts, from every one of the tribes of the nation of Israel, the sons of Jacob, Bnei Yaakov, Bnei Yisrael, to restore them back to the promised land. And so as Pesach spoke about Yeshua's death, as unleavened bread spoke about Yeshua, Jesus' perfect life, as first fruit spoke about Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah's resurrection, and as Shavuot, Pentecost week spoke as the body of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, that was built and was born through the new covenant of his shed blood and the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the church was born. And that was all fulfilled to the fullest. Now we can learn from the Feast of Trumpets that God is intending to fulfill later on, you might say, that which he had promised to Israel. And so we read in Isaiah chapter 27, Ye shall be gathered one by one, O ye children of Israel. The great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come which were ready to perish. This is an amazing promise that Israel as a nation will be physically regathered back to the land before they will be spiritually regenerated as a nation and be restored fully to the Lord, to God of Israel, through the Lord Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. You notice that when the Lord spoke about it, when Yeshua the Messiah was here on earth, he himself spoke about the restoration of Israel in connection with the Feast of Trumpets. We read here, in uh, Matthew chapter 24, it says there in verse uh, 29, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, Son of Man, Ben Adam, it's a Messianic title of the Lord. 
And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And here again, connecting the restoration of Israel with the Feast of Trumpets. In verse 31, it says, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of the trumpets, of the shofar, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, even from one end of heaven to the other. And so, beloved friends, you can see that there is a promise of the regathering of Israel back to the land as it had been promised by the Lord. He that scatter Israel shall gather, the prophets have declared. The one that has scattered them is the one that will gather them. And here we can see clearly that the Lord is going to gather his people, Israel, back to the land. Now there is a link between the physical regathering of the people of Israel to the promised land of Canaan and the rapture of the assembly before the tribulation will begin. Why is that link? Not only because it is very clear from Scripture, but it is so interesting because there is a consistent a presentation in the Word of God that whenever you relate the thing that the trumpet in relation to Israel is connecting with their physical restoration. And the apostle, Shaul Paul, have also used the very same expression when he taught the disciples, or I should say the assemblies to whom he wrote concerning the rapture, the snatching up of the assembly. In fact, I just want to read in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the verses that are very known to us all. It says, uh, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians who were concerned about their loved one, who were believers, but they died, they passed away, they slept through Yeshua, through Jesus. And he encouraged them. He says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye so or not, even as others which have no hope. He's telling them, don't worry about those who died. They were believers. They will not go through any trouble because they are going to be resurrected and ultimately meet the Lord in the air. And so he said to them, in verse 14, For if we believe that Yeshua died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, the people who remain alive and the believers who have already died will you might say, be taken together to meet the Lord in the air, because immediately he says in verse 16 of 1 Thessalonians 4, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Yeshua, Jesus, will, will descend from heaven with a shout. 
not yet to earth here on the ground, but descend to the clouds with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. Shofar ha'elohim. Same thought that we have in Leviticus 23, verse 23, 24, and 25. Again, the blowing of the trumpet. The same shofar, you might say, of the blowing of the trumpet that will call physically the people of Israel back to the land. It will be in the same way to call the heavenly company, the dead in the Messiah and the living in the Messiah, to be captured, you might say, or to be raptured, to meet the Lord in the air, as it says here <clears throat> in verse five, uh, verse 45. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Messiah shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with uh, the Lord. This is very interesting. Because the church, that is the assembly, the true believers in Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, who belong to him today, in this present age, they will be taken out of here before Jacob's trouble will begin. At the same time, we might say the same, it's like a, 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 a long the same period of time, you might say, there were already, you can see that there is a gathering, physical gathering of the people of Israel back to the promised land. Now, when we say the same time, is you might say overlapping because the, we live in the last days, the days of the Laodicean days, where the the spiritual state of the church is so poor. Yet God knows his own. The Laodicean days is a days that the last days of the church age, just the same as it was the sad last days in Israel's history before God has scattered his people all around the world. But those that are his own, God will take to be with the Lord those who belong to the assembly, to meet the Lord in the air, as it says here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, those that are died through Jesus, through Yeshua, in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15 speaks about this as well. And so what we learn from this, my dear friends, is that God, in His plan and in His program, is going to fulfill every feast, every appointed season, every time, any season that God had promised in His Word will surely come to pass. As the Spring feasts came to pass fully. 
in the first coming of the Messiah. So the fall feasts will come to pass in connection with the second coming of the Messiah. He will surely come to restore his people Israel back to himself. Now let me go back to our chapter in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 23, 24, and 25 and reread these verses. The Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak unto the children of Israel saying, In a seventh month, in a first day of the month, shall ye have a Shabbat, a memorial of the blowing of the trumpet, a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And so we learn that Israel was to still offer sacrifices because the sacrifices were necessary to make atonement for the soul. Blood had to be shed, animals had to be killed in order to become a substitute for the sinner so there would be forgiveness of sins. But the blowing of the trumpet is calling uh, the nation physically to be restored back to the promised land. We read it in Isaiah 27, verses 12 and 13. We read it in Numbers chapter 10, verses 1 to 10, of the reasons whereby the blowing of the trumpets happened in Israel's history. We read it in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 24, where we could see that the Lord Yeshua the Messiah promised that at His second coming, and at a period of time of tribulation, He will gather His people. And the ultimate purpose is not only physical regathering, but the ultimate purpose is Israel to have spiritual regeneration, a born-again nation, which we're going to learn about in the next a feast. Today in the synagogue, this feast called Rosh Hashanah by our people. And the reason that this feast called Rosh Head, Hashanah of the year, is because the spiritual leaders of Israel, the rabbi, the rabbinical teaching is that God created the heavens and the earth on this first day of the month of Tishrei, the first day of the month uh, of the seventh month of the year. And that's why it is called a Rosh Hashanah. According to the book of Job, uh, in Job uh, chapter uh, 38, we read how the, the angels rejoice when the creation have happened. And the word is used there, the word tru'ah is being used there to heri'u uh, uh, in Hebrew. It's the same word that we have here concerning the feast of the blowing of the trumpet. It's called zikaron tru'ah, the memorial of the blowing of the trumpets. Uh, today in the synagogues, there is a, a hundred sounds or hundreds of uh, long and short blasts that are being blasted during this feast, called Rosh Hashanah, but in the scripture it's called the Feast of Trumpets. 
and there are hundreds, I should say 100 of the tkiot, the blasts of the shofar are being done during that feast of uh, Rosh Hashanah or the feast of the uh, blowing of the trumpet. There is a long blast and short blast an extra short blast, but the last tramp or the last blowing or the last blast called the very long blast, tekiagdola. This is where the the one who blow the shofar will blow it for a long period of time. And that long period of time really uh, uh, represent, you might say, the call of the Lord to regather Israel back to himself. Let me just read to you one more verse, beloved friends, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, just to kind of come to conclusion with respect to this interesting feast called the Feast of the Blowing of the Trumpet. The same Shaul Paul, who have spoken to the Thessalonians concerning the uh, catching up of the assembly, of the ecclesia to heaven. And he used that expression, the last trump, to the Corinthians when he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said to them, and I just want to mention to you just a couple of verses. Verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. You see, the last trump, that Shaul Paul was speaking about is that last tramp as a Jewish man, as a, one of the Pharisees of the Pharisees. He was referring to this number 100, the last a long tekiah, the blowing of the shofar, which come, you might say, to the conclusion of the a, a, a reminder that God is to call Israel and that Israel is to be reminded of the a need to go back to the promised land. A Shaul Paul at the same time connected the Tekiag Dola, the last tramp that God will uh, uh, allow the assembly, the church, the dead in Christ shall rise. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so the heavenly company will be taken to heaven. While here on earth, God will begin and conclude with his dealing with his earthly people, Israel, which ultimately will be restored first of all all to the promised land physically, And then later on, they will be spiritually restored and will enjoy this wonderful messianic kingdom that was promised to the nation of Israel. And all the world will enjoy this wonderful day that is yet to come. But until then, my dear friend, 
Until then, we live still in the last days of the assembly of the church. God is building his heavenly company. Everyone that will trust in him sincerely in the person of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, and accept him as his or her Lord and Mashiach, they will be forgiven. And there will be those that will be part of the heavenly company which will be taken out of here before the Lord is going to deal here with this world. And so I am challenging you today as you listen to this message that we, you will consider the Lord Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah, and recognize that He is the answer for the sin of this world. Turn to Him. Come to Him today because God is soon going to bring to an end this church age. And he is going to begin his direct dealing with Israel here upon the face of this earth. Will you consider him? We pray for this. May God bless you, my dear friend. God bless. Shalom, shalom.